are officially going to record. Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. Well, you know, I'm excited for our guest today because I feel like she's not just a guest, she's she's more like a friend. And I had the honor of meeting her, uh, what would you say, it's like two years that we've been rocking and rolling in the same protege group, Sarah? Mm-hmm, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. A year, okay. Um, we, we're we in the same writer's circle, and um, Sarah is, she hails from sunny California. Um, she is by day a real estate agent, and um, on her off time, she is a writer. Um, she's here to talk about her first book. Uh, we're excited about that. Uh, From Recliner to Revival, it's a memoir. Um, and I'm just really excited to sit down and chat with, with Sarah. She, she's a, a, a vital part of her church family. She, runs, she helps run a singles ministry, something we all definitely need. I know I needed it when I was single. Um, in addition to that, she's an integral part of uh, something called Healing Ministries. And I really hope you get a chance. You, you Don't let me forget to talk about that uh, with our audience. But Sarah, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. Um, it's, this has been a long time coming and I appreciate you. So welcome. Sarah Wynn, lovely Sarah Wynn. Yeah, yeah. So, so can you discuss and tell us like, what is your current role in the publishing industry? What would you describe? Give, give, just give us an idea of what, what it is that you do. Yeah, I am an editor, um, mostly up until recently. Now I guess I can say I'm a published author. Yes. Um, first time those words left my mouth. Um, yeah, I've mostly been helping people edit books um, from, you know, copy editing to more content editing. I've done some ghostwriting, um, but most recently... Um, helped my 92-year-old friend write about her life story, and um, so goes. My name is on it. I guess uh, we co-wrote it, and yes. from start to finish, um, kind of the biggest project to date because I was really yeah in it from beginning to end. That's right. Yeah, writing someone's life story is definitely a, a big undertaking is it a little that you would like like to share about your friend yeah beverly i wish she was well enough to join us today um sadly she's on hospice and um not doing well but she um we the memoir mostly focused on the last 10 years of her life she was a christian um, since age 37 and um, was a nurse and then retired happily retired in illinois um, until god called her to move to california and attend a ministry school at age 82. wow so uh shortly after her husband passed away she very bravely crossed the country and started ministry school with virtually no contacts here. And uh, people had prophesied that her latter days would be better than her former. And she really 
had seen that come true um, and the Lord just displayed his goodness in radical ways in her life in the last 10 years. Wow. But she returned to school at 82. Yes. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Wow. So about how long did it take for you guys to collaborate and to to um, finish the, the book? I think we took about two months. Um, so our, our um, mentor, Cease, would sit down with somebody if he was writing their life story for about four and a half days and just interview them from morning to night. Well, my mm -hmm. friend Beverly and I would do maybe one or two hour sessions over spread over a couple of months. And then I just, I had the recorded interviews transcribed and then wrote it from there. And then, um, then Cease Murphy helped me identify gaps and areas where I could add more detail and emotion to make the story come even more alive and be more personal. Um, I think, I think most of my writing has been more um, just recording events and not so much like I've never tried fiction writing. So yeah. mostly getting inside someone's head and writing about what they were feeling. Um, it yeah. wasn't, it was a challenge for me. So I had to go back and she wasn't very expressive in what her emotions were. So I had to go yeah. back a number of times um, throughout several months and ask her, what were you feeling at this time? Like yeah. insight into what was going on in your world. Oh. What was what was like one of the most exciting parts in her story? Mm -hmm. I think um, the thing that amazes people when they hear about her life is that she went to Afghanistan twice on mission trips when she was 86 and 87. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. She just had this burning desire from the Lord to go and she just explored uh, many avenues to try to get there and the Lord finally opened up a door and she was able to go twice. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what do you think, what do you think, um, what are you hoping people will get from this book when they read it? I mean, I have an inkling from the title, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's never too late to follow what you feel like the Lord is calling you to, even when it's scary um leaving your comfort zone i think just courage to follow the lord's voice no matter what your age especially in your latter years um, but i i hope it inspires everyone no matter what their age but you know even in her singleness not having a husband she was very courageous and coming by herself and courageous and never having flown across um, anywhere. She was courageous to take many mission trips overseas, um, you know, after age 80. Yeah. And it's courageous to step out in faith. Wow. Did she have children? No, she didn't. She didn't have children. Oh, that's interesting. It just shows you can live a full life even if you don't have children. And that's, that's, that's got to be encouraging to people who feel like, oh, I have to have kids in, in order to be fulfilled. So that yeah. That also people beautiful because mm. um, she had a good close friends in Illinois but when she moved to Reading uh, she just made so many friends and now in her latter years um, in, or in her just more recent months um, since she's 
she's had four stage cancer. People have really mm. rallied around to care for her needs and she is just mm. amazed at how many people have come to help. And um, so it's beautiful to see the family of God just really being yeah. the hands and feet of Jesus to her. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. It's, yeah, it's good when you pour into other people's lives and then, I mean, it's not like you do it just to get something back, but it's, it's, it's really nice when you're that kind of person where you're just giving and giving. And then when you need it, some, you know, people are there for you. It's just a blessing to see that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do, do you have any other current projects that you're working on in terms mm -hmm. of writing? Um, I haven't started my next book project. Um, uh -huh. I think right now I'm just uh, focusing more on some articles, but more just my own, writing a little bit about my own life, developing my own voice. Yeah. Um, I do have aspirations to write a book uh, about women overcoming self-hatred. Oh, we need it. <laughs> yep. And then... Yeah. Today at lunch, I was talking to a friend um, who just turned 36 and has a desire to be married. And she was saying, there's nothing in the bookstore like that speaks to <laughs> singleness and um, contending for marriage and testimonies there. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to like um, interview people over maybe 35 that, you know, were waiting to be married and just they're hearing their testimonies. Oh, wow. That would be an interesting book. Mm -hmm. Ah. Wow, what do you think the title would be? A working title. Hmm. Um, uh, Single, happy, and hopeful. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throw, throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love titles. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you've been invited to this series because you, you're, you're such a humble person, uh, she, but you are such a great networker, um, an incredible editor. And, and of course, you know, you, you, you do well as, as, as a real estate agent. So, but in a nutshell, how would you, how do you describe, how would you describe um, managing your obligations in the industry? How do you balance it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it gets busy, I just work really hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I have a great, I guess I do what needs to be, um, what is most urgent first, but I'm trying as a writer to block out more time and yeah. write with other people in the same space so that, because sometimes I feel like writing takes a little bit of a back burner because it takes more energy and it's something yeah. I tend to procrastinate at because um, it's harder than maybe editing or doing real estate for me. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying, yeah, to have some writing friends that keep me accountable. I love our writing protege group. There's like seven oh, or eight that meet once a month just to talk about our goals and what's been happening. That's been a source of encouragement. Yeah. Um, but just having another person in the same room to and setting aside time to write has also been helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a common theme that comes up when we get to questions like this uh, and other questions too that, you, I mean, we'll, you'll see where industry professionals constantly talk about 
the need for community, for writers community. And you're right. Our group is, is such, it's so different because we are not a critique group. We're not going over our, although we do share our writing, you know, we'll share our projects and all of that, but it's not specifically for that. It's really the big ticket items. It's the vision. Um, It's the, the prayer requests, the big dreams that we don't dare say to anybody else. And that's needed too. You know, people who will, you know, hold your secrets and who will pray about you for these crazy dreams and desires. And and so that's super important too. And then you talked about, um, you know, being in, being in a space where, Hey, you could be on a zoom with other writers and, and you are quiet and, but you, you all have the support of knowing that, Hey, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Mm. Mm. Well, what if I, now that you have the book, okay, here's the, the now you, you have to um, market. And so what advice can you share with our author community regarding marketing themselves and building a platform? And I know that you're new to this, but whatever advice that you can share, we would love to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very unconventional. I don't know. I feel like your gift makes room for you. So, um, I, something I will be doing is giving out some free copies to people. Um, I guess my hope is that they love it so much that they'll either order more or maybe seek to put it in a bookstore or, um, who knows what doors that, but I feel like that may be a way and I I can't say that it will be a way but that is something I plan to do shortly as soon as I think they're coming to my door today possibly please all right face I mean Facebook is where um is where I've marketed so far and because I guess a tip would be to have other friends market it as well I haven't mm-hmm. really sought to market it, but because people love Beverly, my friend, so much, mm-hmm. and they know um, she's in her last days, possibly, they mm-hmm. just grabbed a hold of pictures of her and the book and just told oh. stories about how they met her and what they love about her and just encouraged people to buy the book. I didn't even ask them to do that. Wow. So, um, so there's people that are buying the book um because of these posts also i think um a key a good key would be uh engaging photo on the cover and so um i just love the cover and i think anyone who sees the cover of this book is like i want to know who this woman is and what does it mean that she's you know had a revival after age 80 so it kind of makes them curious um and i've heard a number of people say, I want to give this book to my mom. She's in her 80s. Or, um, oh. So I think both the title and the cover um, is a big part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, your cover is spectacular. And the joy on her face is just incredible. Just a, That's just a beautiful, beautiful um, cover. Absolutely stunning job. Well, are there any words of encouragement that you can offer to those of us who may struggle with common author challenges such as rejection, isolation, and marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think just find people that can encourage you, like speak life into you and remind you who you are, what you're called to. That has really made a difference when I've been in a time where I was like questioning, am I really a writer? And then <laughs> been vulnerable with people. <laughs> but yes, you are a writer. <laughs> Don't give up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also just going back for myself, um, going back to words that the Lord has, prophetic words that people have given me about writing or words that I felt the Lord told me about being called to write, um, just to encourage myself rereading them and mm. press forward despite not feeling um, adequate sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, what's one method that you you use to keep focused and organized as you manage your various projects? I think to-do lists help. Um, so then, uh, so then I don't forget something. But also just to look at what is a priority, um, and then yeah, it can also help me just stay focused because then I I'm not thinking about what else needs to be done, but I can focus on one thing and then. You know, when I'm done with that, move on to the next thing. That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's my best. Yeah. Well, as you know, that the the tag nine in the podcast is 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 um, laced with morality. And so, how do you recommend lacing our author platforms with moral messages? Good question. Yeah. I think. I think the more that we um, saturate ourselves in the word of God and just his presence and like pursuing holiness, I think it's just going to naturally come out um, because whatever, you know, is in our hearts is what we're going to speak or write. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's just my yeah. best thing is like, let that if there's purity flowing in us, it's going to be flowing out of us. Um, yeah. If there's mixture, you know, it's going to come out in what we say. Right. So this just stay connected to the Lord's presence and um, watch what we're ingesting as well. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who, you know, because we have authors uh, who listen to this podcast from all over the world and here in this country and not all of them are Christians. I, I don't even though I I am a Christian and I do I everything I do I do treat it from a Christian worldview but I don't advertise it as a as a Christian podcast and I have people on here who I know are, are not Christians and, and I love them just the same. Well how would you say why why would you tell them that that is important if you're not a Christian? Why is why is being um, someone who pays attention to morality a good thing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a long time ago, a pastor gave this um, word picture to me, and I thought it was it was really poignant. Um, like a, you know how ham if you have a hamster you can put it in a plastic ball and let it run around and then it doesn't get yeah. stuck behind the fridge and die yeah well, essentially that's what um that's what god's kind of rule rules or um morals are for is just to keep us safe and we have freedom and it keeps us from harm um yeah. so i've been thinking about that image lately um because we've in one of my um, a class I'm taking um, 
it's about dating we're talking about like sexual morality and why do we put these things in place when we're obviously designed to want to have sex like why why be pure and wait until marriage things like that um for the protection of our uh our own hearts and just the way that he god's designed us to um, bond with other humans it's much less damaging um to bond with um sexually with like your your spouse inside of marriage so that's just one example um did you have any other like questions around that well i like that uh i like i like the um the idea of us being the hamster on the wheel <laughs> right opposed to the hamster having the run of the house i know because listen we have have had a bunch of kids raised in the house and we have killed some animals, okay? Not on purpose. <laughs> we love them and we've raised and, and had many animals flourish more than die, but things have happened. Um, and so, yes, there's certain animals, they do not need free reign of the house. I'm, I'm thinking about a guinea pig um, whose sad demise was in the forest next to our home. Oh, no. Because instead of being in the safety of the house and really best in, in in its cage my daughter took it for a bike ride and it jumped out of the basket and ran into the forest and yeah it didn't last so so it's it's that's a great way to think about it that god builds that he, he creates this, that world for us to really protect us it's not because he he hates us he wants he, he wants to withhold things from us but he wants to protect us and i i love that analogy it spoke to me strongly <laughs> Yeah. Well, so is are there any other events or um, some author news that you'd like to update our listeners about? And, and can you let us know how to how to get the book and also how we can stay in touch with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly marketing myself as an author right now because I feel like I'm still developing as an author and I don't necessarily want lots of people asking me to help them write their books, which has already happened since I released <laughs> um, the news. Of this. Um, but I think the best way um, would, well, not for people to, but there is no way for people to really keep in touch with me at this moment. But I will say to get the book, you can go on to Amazon.com in, I think, most countries and look up from recliner to revival it's a short read very engaging you can get it on kindle or in paperback um it's in large print the paperback's in large print because um our target market is senior citizens so we thought we would make it a little bit easier to read mm-hmm. and you can be inspired by beverly's life and um i hope that it inspires people to write their own stories as well or have um, a trusted friend or family member help help write their story yeah yeah yes i'm glad people are, are here seeing your humility you know um this girl has a book out she's been writing she edits and she's talking about she's not really an author i just you know i i want people to see this like you're seeing it right here in real time um, oh my gosh you're amazing though sarah um so talented so humble so real and i just appreciate you so much i appreciate your time and your patience and just just your heart for even 
doing this memoir for, for Beverly. Um, and I'm grateful that the, t- the timing of this podcast and at this time she's still alive. Um, and, and it's just what an honor to honor her life that's so remarkable that she showed, you know, it is never too late. Mm-hmm. So it has been a, a real pleasure to hang out with Sarah Wind, who has taught us it's never too late. Never too late to chase your dreams. And so um, listeners, please don't forget to pierce through the darkness with the spoken and written word. <laughs> I've enjoyed our time together. Thank you, Karen.